What's up, everyone? Episode 20 here, and we are at a milestone number. It's crazy that we've had 20 episodes already on After Further Review, and we got another uh, another stacked lineup. This episode finna be 20 times better than the rest. Big expectations coming from Ryan, but uh, NBA, to start us off, some big, big news coming, uh, coming out of the uh, offseason. We got our MLB. Of course, you already know. We got our first baseman and our relievers. So get ready for some controversy here. We have our uh, college world series update and then some loaded UFC cards as well. So let's, uh, let's get right into it. Let's, let's start with some trivia, shall we? Oh yeah. I'm always down chase. You've been loaded with the trivia over there. Just start us all pot right now. Let's get it. All right, here we go. Guess the player MLB edition. Question number one. I'm a former MLB second baseman known for my flashy defensive skills and energetic play style. I won four gold glove awards during my career. I made my MLB debut in 2002 with the Toronto Blue Jays. Aaron Hill. No, solid guess though. I was known by my nickname derived from my initials, which represents my defensive prowess. No, next question. In 2006, I had my best offensive season, earning my first All-Star selection and finishing with a batting average of 291, along with 15 home runs and 67 RBIs. I'm one of the few players in MLB history to hit for the cycle twice. This is bad. I I didn't realize this before, but that Aaron Hill one is like there, but not quite. It really does match up with this though. Next question. I played for teams such as the Toronto Blue Jays, Arizona Diamondbacks, LA Dodgers, Minnesota Twins, and San Diego Padres during my career. Do you want initials? Yeah. O H. I'm out. I got nothing. All right, I'll give you another hint. His first name is a city in Florida. Oh, um, I know the first name then. <laughs> His last name's a river in New York City. Oh, Orlando Hudson? Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I his predecessor, I guess. Dang, I was I almost guessed Tony Womack. That was a pull. <laughs> deep, but Aaron Hudson, Orlando Hudson was pretty deep. I was guessing Tony oh. Womack or Aaron Hill with a t- oh, dang. That was a good one. That was a tough one, Chase. That was, that, a, was a, that was a really tough one. He's one of those guys I feel like is like on the periphery, but was just like there like, yeah. from that time. And then Aaron Hill came in and just kicked the door down. Yeah, no, Chase, that was a great way to start off the show. And um, from some trivia, more to the NBA. And we just, I feel like we have to start with the NBA as our main sport of topic, just because of multiple big news coming this week. Um, the first being Bradley Beal being traded for the Suns. And do you guys want to break that down? Yeah, so Brad Beal to the Suns and now the newest NBA super team. Kevin Durant once again needing help from it seems like he cannot carry a team. So this debate of this amazing player is just, I think, needs to be shot down. Sorry. I just I don't I so think he constantly were, needs help. What was the exact details of the trade again? Chris Paul to the Wizards. So there's that. There's that. <laughs> so now you, Washington fans, Chris Paul, seven games this year. Exactly. And now if Chris Paul suits up for the Wizards, the Wizards, Clippers and Rockets all all are going to have cycled through basically John Wall, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that's, that's, that's unfortunate. 
all just cycle through the same three at like different times. It's like a break in the continuum. It's just a loop of just one point guard, one point guard, one point guard, no other help. That's crazy. Yeah. And this is because like Kevin Durant went to the Suns after they were already really good. And now you're bringing in another piece. This, so what? Um, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Brad Beal now, like that is a loaded big three. They have no one else under, they're like way over the cap and they have no one else on their, I think they're five players on their roster. They're like that Warriors team from a few years ago. Yeah, they need some help. And by doing these trades like this, I feel like they're just depleting their bench and they already gave up a sizable chunk of their bench when they made the deal to get Kevin Durant. So now they're going to be relying on draft picks and I'm not sure how much they have and then street guys. The thing is the Wizards, to not get a first round pick for Bradley Beal, like what are they mm-hmm. doing? What are they doing? Yeah. How do you not get a first round pick for Bradley Beal? They got Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and then multiple second round picks. But yeah, you be- got to get a first round pick. Yeah, Brad Beal's not that old yet, and I would actually we should quickly take a deep dive on what the Wizards got for John Wall based on Brad Beal because you would think like I mean John Wall was like obviously first overall pick and he had a lot of good years in the beginning, but Brad Beal has been there forever and just straight all-star every year, like puts up solid minutes, solid points. He does everything. And I like to see a comparison to that. I mean, especially after all this time of him not wanting out and it bubbling over, it seems like this is probably going to be the most they could get for him. I mean, he's been hurt last year. It didn't help, but I mean, he's more established. You know what he can do. He can drop a 60-point game out of nowhere on anyone, it seems. So he's a legitimate option. And Yeah, it's I crazy. Know. I didn't even realize he's not even 30 yet. I was going to probably guess like 32, 33, but dude's like straight prime. I mean, Kevin Durant's a little older, but you have Brad Beal and Devin Booker both in their primes. And Washington sent Wall and a first-round pick. Uh, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> what the heck is their what is their front office doing? And I there's a big room, not a big rumor, but there's a pretty substantial rumor today that the Wizards are in deep talks to uh just the Porzingis. Yeah, I was gonna read it. The the trade Porzingis in a three-team trade with the Wizards, Celtics, and Clippers. So Porzingis would go to Boston, Marcus Morris and draft picks to Washington and then Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers. Such a butt deal for Washington. The, like, the, that's their best Washington player. gave up a lot to the Knicks. For yeah, Christmas. and, and like at just the time, I was like, yeah, we were. I was a little salty, but they got a lot for him. It looks like know. a win now. I mean, Porzingis definitely had a bounce back here last year with the yeah, Wizards, and I don't know. It kind of seemed like he, he's still not that old, right? So you could probably build around him if you're Washington. Yeah. No, you're right. He's not that old. I will say the Knicks fans booing whenever they drafted him was pretty fair because is this going to be – if that happens, it'll be his fourth team already, right? Because he was also yeah. on the Mavericks not helping Luka win. I mean, yeah, he had a solid year last year, but it still was irrelevant. Like, I forgot about him pretty quickly into the season. So The Mavs traded for the Knicks. I don't know why I said the Wizards. Yeah, Mavs got him from the Knicks, yeah, and then he went to the, I, from the Mavs to I the Wizards. blanked on that one. That's my bad. But still, I mean. It was the Brunson. No, no, they got some just crap from the Mavs. They got, like, oh. Dennis Smith Jr. and Courtney Lee and oh. some garbage players. Did they get it? They got a first-round pick from Dallas, though? But I don't think it was. I feel like they did. I think they did, but I don't think it was, like, a. The I mean, point is, 
is yeah. the Wizards front office is garbage. Oh, turn into Quentin Grimes. So not like okay, okay player. He it was a twenty fifth pick. So it. But at the same time, especially like the Wizards, like we're saying, their front office, they've had turnover and now it's a new regime, but they keep doing this where they fire executives and bring in new people. And I feel like that's why they're in this constant state of just turning over. And now that Kuzma, I think he declined his option yesterday, right? Yeah, he opted out. So in like the last three days, they lost their three core players and haven't replaced it with, I don't even see what they're going to replace it with. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean that's not to say that Kuzma won't resign there, but yeah, he'll want a big deal, and I'm sure like a, another team will probably try to go after him. But yeah, I'm sure Dame's in his DMs right now trying to get him to come I mean, to they, Portland, and they just gave up on Rui, like really, like and yeah. super young, and they just gave up on him. Like yeah, they gave him no rotation at right, all. He's just with the lake. I mean, granted, short, like not a big sample size, but he didn't really get an opportunity there. Yeah, they put the weight on him and. Coming out of college and Gonzaga, I mean, it felt like you had to give him a lot of leeway to, like, get in there. Especially yeah. Washington. They had no reason not to play him. And then there he was riding the pine most of their games this season. So the Wizards traded for the Kuzma was Westbrook again, by the way. <laughs> Westbrook got traded to the Oh, my Lakers. God. <laughs> so it was a Westbrook, a 2024 second-round pick, a 2028 second-round pick for Kuzma, KCP, Montres Harrell. And the number 22 first-round pick that year. I mean, I feel like Kuzma's not the worst player that they could have gotten. No, I think overall they actually did okay with that trade. Considering, like, Westbrook, like, they were trying to pivot at that point. I just don't understand their moves. It's, like, confusing to me. Like, they're not even like the A's where they're just, like, getting people and developing them and then trading them. It's like you're just trading for people and then just trading them again. Yeah, or at least the Thunder were able to get a bunch of first round picks. They're just, they're not even, they're getting like late second round picks. So yeah. what's, the, what's the point of stashing that? Well, yeah. And the Wall deal, I guess Wall was like not playing as a high caliber, caliber level whenever they traded him to the Rockets. But Beal has like been borderline leading the league in points like the last like four years. And he's obviously panned out to be the more consistent player than Wall. And to not get that much. I mean, the Suns don't have a lot of, to give up. So then why are you trading with the Suns? <laughs> it's just crazy. Their front office is a mess. And that's just. I mean, honestly, if the wizard, if Chris Paul stays like he did with the Thunder that year. That's true. And Chris like, Paul does. Yeah. He has that. He might not win him a championship, but he might put him, make him a little relevant if he stays. Was that SGA's rookie or not rookie? Because he was a rookie with the Clippers. So I guess that was his second year or third year. Yeah, I think because yeah, so. that was a trait. Wasn't that the the uh, Paul George deal? Yeah, uh, that's CP3 has that weird that weird stat where he has like the franchise number of wins on like three or four teams. It'll be. Interesting. <laughs> do you guys think the Sun? Like, do you guys think that'll work with the Suns? I mean, it could. Yeah. We talked about like Lakers, Warriors. Or older, I'm don't think the Nuggets are sustainable. I mean, are you laughing? At <laughs> you? Like it could. I guess the Kevin Durant teams are sketchy. I don't think that's gonna work at all. Honestly, I just I yeah. think it's. Gonna, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna work. It's gonna be better than Brooklyn Nets. It's gonna be hard for them not to make the playoffs. I just I don't think this is. Uh, lately, you just have not been able to. I don't think building a championship team like that is as easy as people think it is like i don't think this big three all of a sudden like everyone got super hype about it with the heat and the warriors and i don't think it's just you win right away you got to stick with it a little and these 
Well, yeah, that's my biggest frustration with the NBA is contracts. Everyone just a one or two year deals for the NBA. It's probably a win. It's a win for the media. It's going to be fun for Suns fans to get a bunch of um, Brad Beal jerseys. Now, all you're going to see sitting in their stadium is some Booker still and then Durant and Beal. And if they don't pan out, then I mean, there's a very high percent chance they don't win. Didn't Dame say he also wants a trade? Um, I think he wants them to trade their top pick and something to get a player in return. Dame is the most delusional, not delusional player ever. Like, he's not delusional, Kyrie delusional, but it, like, I don't know why he gets this idea that Portland's gonna be a, a contender because they're literally not. Chase, this is the one thing I feel like we disagree on because I love that Dame is staying. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, I don't like when people force their way out, like you're saying too, but like at the same time, it's like, I feel like Dame had opportunities to like really enjoy a legitimate championship team. And he's like, no, nah, Portland's better. And I'm like, you're going to be buried in the West by December. So good luck, buddy. Yeah. Also, whatever I said, it, there was literally a report two hours ago that Blazers have shut down any trade talks for Dame and he wants to stay. So, that's yeah, he, he's not going to. This is Dame's dumbass logic. Like, I'm so sick of him. <laughs> he never wants to leave. And I hate when people are like, oh, maybe Dame should leave. Like, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just be in Portland forever and never win a goddamn thing. <laughs> we'll all just have to accept that. That a great player wasted his entire career, not by anyone else, but by himself. I love it. Like, he self induced his own. Like, why wouldn't you want to play in the playoffs? I'm like, yeah, Portland can maybe make it in, but like, you're not making it past the second round at this point. Considering all the West, well, the way it's set up, yeah, the Nuggets is going to be hard to re- like, run it back for a second year. But yeah, if they he, have I anything mean, that's going to beat Jokic, hell no. Is like Nurkic going to do it? No. <laughs> Their best. That would have. That's why it was. It would have been clutch if they had gotten the first overall pick and gotten. Oh uh, yeah. Well, if they got Wemby, I'd say maybe they have a chance. But what, what pick do they have? But what they have they three, have? number three. If they the other guy, not to just go right to the draft now, but Scoot Henderson, I think that dude's going to be good too, like really good. Yeah, and he doesn't even want to. He's like, oh, great players for young, uh, cheap contracts, so we can hire someone else. No, I traded for someone who's already established. They're going to trade for like, Russell Westbrook. Is going to Portland? Here's, <laughs> I've never seen anyone, any star, have Portland anywhere on their list. But I was like, oh, Dave should just come here. Like, yeah, because that's the logical move. Fuck Portland. <laughs> it's a historical franchise, but, like, what's their game plan? That's another team that just takes on picks, and you're like, what the hell? What, What is this? Cue the Dame uh, Paul George game uh, series winner shot. Miller, a chance to send the Thunder home. Oh yeah, from deep down. Like I feel like I'm disrespecting his playoff talent now, but it just doesn't seem like Portland's it. Like he gave it a serious run. And God bless him, because there's no other NBA star that's literally given this much. Uh, Bradley Beal is the only other person, and he finally caved, because I think he realized, like, okay, this train's going nowhere, and it's actually going backwards now. It does have to be tough at some time. Like, it's it's cool to see one player stay with a team that long, because it's not 
common in this day and age. Cast in like the KD light of like, if you can't beat him, join him. And it's like, I, you really gave it a damn shot. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's the point now. Like, KD literally lost and he was just like, okay, straight on joining the Warriors. Like, it's not like he's dangerous. Just like, oh, I'm going to join the Lakers right now. It's like, no, you probably want to pick a shittier team than Portland to get traded to if you did want to get traded. Yeah. And it, well, I mean, the Trailblazing, like their teams that were good, like their roster wasn't that much different from like the last three to four years. They just didn't pan out. Their best shot was the bubble year that got cut yeah. short when they had Carmelo and then he got hurt. I mean, not that they would have beaten the Lakers, but he got hurt in that series. I think that was the last time they were in a legit playoff series was 2020. I feel for him. I want him to win, but yeah, I, I don't mind that he's staying, but I, I completely, I love the, I love the blast chase because that was the first time we heard you go off on the show. And I mean, every player in the NBA does it today. So it, you have a very, very solid argument. Yeah. yeah. And I just th- like, he could have joined the Sixers. Damn it. Why? He was I think, like, no, why don't you come to Portland? Like, Yeah, I think the biggest move the Blazers can make, I don't think there's going to be, like you said, a ton of like the biggest names, but like, if they could get someone like Pascal Siakam or something to there I, I, that's the thing like that's a great pickup but it's still not gonna win you a championship no and like they picked up Josh Hart last year and like I like Josh Hart he was great yeah. at Villanova he was great with the serviceable Knicks, NBA player yeah he's a serviceable player but it's like that was their move and I'm like it you that's your championship caliber move is Josh Hart like, but you never know the Blazers they might end up having like Kevin Knox turn into an absolute stud he could. He could literally win six man of the year. There's early prediction. Kevin Knox, six man of the year. What's the odds, odds on that? that right now? Is there odds on that right I now? No. Early six man of the year. Award. Probably not on there. Not yet. That's why they're sleeping. It's just unfortunate because I feel like it's annoying when like somebody does force their way out all the time and disrupts the league when they do it. But I feel like okay. Dan is definitely allowed to pick at this point wherever he wanted to go and and this kind of brings me back to like mike trout and otani like you two premium products aren't even on the field when it matters the most in postseason like mike trout hasn't been there for nine years like dame i know you're just there in the bubble season but like you have to be there every year yeah yeah and real quick just questions free vote just quick yes or no answers question one will the trailblazers make the playoffs this year and question two, what round do the Suns get to with the new big three? Because that's what started this whole combo. Oh, yeah, true. Back to the Suns. I'm going to say no to the Portland Trailblazers just because I dumped all over them. I feel like <laughs> they're going to make a dumb move on the NBA draft this week. So, um, And I think the Suns will make it to the second round. Ben? Um, I'm going to say the second round for the Suns as well. And I'm going to say the Trailblazers get in. I'm going to say they going to get in as a like seven seed and first round exit, but get in. Yeah. Trailblazers. I'm saying yes. And yeah, I'll say they lose in the first round, but they get a full seven game series. Whether they get through the playing games is another question or if they just get a top six seed and the Suns, I'm going to say they make it to the NBA finals. I'm going to say they lose, but I, I, there's been enough of these big three teams where the big threes do to make a run. And I just feel like Devin Booker is super underrated. Yeah. And now all, I mean, Kevin Durant's older, but 
plus 320 taking those odds right now to win to win the west to win the west oh i'm sure that dropped significant in like the last like two hours not even like after the kd trade or the the brad beal trade yeah but yeah speaking out west uh one of your one of your boys uh just retired huh yeah yeah and while we're talking nba this was this was bigger news to me than the brad beal trade honestly i didn't really care about that as much because i mean like you said they're probably gonna fail but bigger news in the nba for for this guy right here is that one of my favorite nba players all the time grew up watching him grew up grew up making me love basketball making me love the 76ers sweet lou williams officially announces his retirement on social media via youtube video narrated by his daughter pretty cool yeah, he didn't play at all last year. I don't know if he just didn't get picked up over he's injured a little bit. But 17-year career straight out of high school, 45th pick by the 76ers. And he had an amazing career. Three times six man of the year. Only Jamal Crawford also has three. He has the most bench points of all time. He has the second most points in his draft, cl- draft class. I don't know if you guys know who number one is from the 2005 draft. The only player in the draft that has more points than him. I want to oh, say yeah. Bogut, but I feel like he's 2006 or something. Chris Paul, CP3. Oh, damn it. Yeah, same age as Tucker and Brom, but he went to college. And Luke came right out of, right out of high school. One of the last years I think you could do that. But, yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. He was drafted 45th pick by the Sixers, and he played there for the first seven years. My favorite – one of my favorite moments still to this day on the Sixers, I mean – they were they were it was game four against the Heat. LeBron, they were the A seed, you know, down 3-0, but he hits that nasty game winning, what ended up being the game winning three with eight seconds left on the Mark Zoom off call. That was amazing. He hit some other big shots. Um, he had a money um tying uh three pointer against the Kings one game and But, yeah, honestly, one of my favorite players ever. He literally wouldn't start, but he would play the, the entire fourth quarter, and he was clutch. We talked – Julia was wondering who, what clutch means and how can you be clutch. He would just come off the bench, play basically the entire fourth quarter, and he could physically score enough points to just win you games. Where is he in your top five of all time? Like, is he, like, number one, or is he, like, just top five somewhere? Your favorite. I'm not... gonna. I'm yeah. My favorites. I'm probably gonna put him. And we'll definitely do a an NBA All Starting at some point. So oh, yeah. They do for that. I'm gonna just put. I'm gonna put him at like a three spot. Okay, I like that. I don't. I mean, yeah. Wilt and Embiid above him. Easy, easy picks. I'll put Lou. He was just. He could. He would score going to. He was a righty, but he would score going to his left, which was super unique, and just super good at getting contact. He was so tiny out there, but he was durable. And another one of my favorite moments was whenever it was one of the first years Kawhi and Paul George were in L.A. I don't know if you guys remember this classic. Neither of them were playing. It was a playoff series against the Warriors with literally Steph, Clay, Draymond and Kevin Durant. And it's just a postseason interview after the game. And it's just Pat Beverly not wanting to answer any questions. And they're asking them about guarding Kevin Durant and Lou's just like, I promise you we tried and just 
just great iconic <laughs> Lou Williams right there. Just, just being real and catch him on a Meek Mill feature too, from like decades ago. Oh, okay. He had some, he had some uh, bars in him too. So definitely pouring one out for Lou tonight. He was dang going to YouTube and watching Lou Williams highlights. I'm doing, getting in my feels. Ryan, one of your favorite players and, you know, always a sad day to see him retire. I know one of my favorites, Carmelo, I think, Lou means something more to you than Melo does to me, but still, these guys that have been in the league for so long—that's crazy. We I should know. we should go out and buy a Carmelo jersey for you and a Lou Williams jersey for me. Okay, that, that's crazy. Is that what you want for your birthday? A Lou Williams? No, jersey? no, I don't want that for my birthday. Okay. <laughs> I saw this thing on Twitter too, and it was a picture, and someone said, "What does ISL mean?" And someone literally just replied back, "When Carmelo would put the ball over his head." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like that. It's like so accurate. He would. Oh my gosh, dang! It's crazy. These players we grew up like icons for must being like little kids, just like going on a YouTube, like in study hall at school and stuff like yeah. that, and just watching these highlights and just straight buckets. There's no more fun. Like the most fun part about the NBA is just the players that get buckets. Just come off the mm-hmm. bench starters whatever just you give them the ball and you just know they're going to get a bucket and it's just so much fun to watch and lou had the softest touch oh man oh baby i'm excited all right well on one excited note to another i think it's safe to say the three of us are pretty excited again to get into mlb because you know it's time for our all-time starting lineup today we got the reliever and the first base and a reliever we are doing is not a closer. So they could have closed some years, but the majority of their career is not a closer. And I just want to reiterate that we are doing, while these players may have been good or maybe good players, they're probably not like, they might, they don't have to necessarily be the all-time greats while they can be. Um, so it's just going to be a fun, fun thing for us. And we're going to put, put our all-time starting lineups out there and maybe we'll do something with them at some point. Yeah, our favorite greats. And just to reiterate, obviously we all choose one, but then your guys' help. Shout out to everyone who gave us a follow on our Instagram account after further review. Search it, AFR Show Pod. We're putting um, polls out to create the ultimate after further review favorite greats. Shout out to uh, my fiance too, Ben. Ben, you and her are doing a great job getting the Instagram ramping up. And we're going to hop on Twitter here shortly too. So yeah, make sure you give our socials a follow. and. We're having a lot of fun trying to trying to get reached out to some people in different ways and involve them too. So, yeah. And if you did not catch the polls last week uh, for our starting pitcher, Randy Johnson took the win. So for our group all time starter, it's going to be Randy Johnson. I feel like that was a safe pick. And I mean, obviously my guy was Felix, but Randy Johnson by far the best of the three. So, yeah. yeah. And then with catcher, we did have a tie. So the tie JT falling out of the running but a tie between Mike Piazza and Del Crandall for the all-time starting catcher. So <laughs> next week we will have you guys the results of that in our uh, little battle between the two of them. Little virtual home, home run derby. Yeah. And crazy the eighth hole, Del Crandall legend. The legend get, lives on. Yeah. He's going to give a chance to outswing Piazza on a one-on-one Ooh. duel. So, so we're going to – I think we should start with, uh, start with first base. How do you guys feel okay. about that? All right. I was ready Let's to get into it. Yeah. All right.
All right. Yeah, you guys want me to go first? You look like I'll you're just, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready Ooh. to dive right in. I will say, okay. I think out of all these positions we're going through, first base might be the hardest one because there's just so much history, so much power, so much versatility, and just so many notable names. I feel like when you think of baseball, you think of like the, the cleanup hitter, the guy hitting the grand slams, the guy catching all the balls over at first and yeah, it was tough for sure. I had a bunch of guys on my list. Um, ultimately, my pick was Miggy Cabrera. Back in there, Cabrera swings and sends a drive to center field. This one is gone! Santa Maria! No, I know he's the latter part of his career he spent a bunch of DH time and in the beginning he played some third base, but he played over majority by far the majority of his games at first. He's an icon of our generation playing in his 21st and probably last season. I think he's probably going to retire. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of cool moments. I know that you guys always give him a hard time for how slow he is, but now, but. But, yeah, career average of over 300, over 500 homers. Um, has a World Series ring from his first year in the league on the Marlins, and he actually played on that team. Two-time MVP, and honestly, one of the biggest accomplishments, probably, I mean, maybe not the best, but one of the biggest accomplishments of our generation, and since 1967, the infamous 2012 season, wherein he hit for the Triple Crown, which means that he led the league in home runs, RBIs and his batting average. And that is just ridiculous to me to have that combination of power and the ability to put the ball in play. I mean, he never strikes out for sure. A future hall of famer and just one of my favorites. I mean, I know that I probably have plenty of Homer picks in the bank, but just Miguel Cabrera, like he made the tigers relevant. I remember just watching ESPN and them just like chasing the triple crown year. It was like the biggest thing ever. And he did it. And it was just a cool moment to watch as a kid growing up. So shout out to Miggy. That's my boy. That's my first baseman. Yeah, that's a great pick. I think if it wasn't for Mike Trout, he would have more MVPs too. I think when Mike Trout started doing his thing, I mean, he had some really good years after his triple crown year too, that he just didn't win MVP. All time great for sure. First ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. Sure, I'll go. So my guy, this was tough. This was the toughest one for me so far. For sure. I narrowed it down to four guys and I'm going to give you, I'm sorry. I narrowed it down to five guys <laughs> and I, this is so hard. So the other four that I did not pick Keith Hernandez, JT snow, Lyle Overbay and Richie Sexton. Those are okay. the four that I didn't pick that I had narrowed it down to five and it was tough, but this guy is a Canadian legend and his name is Justin Morneau. Oh, okay. And that's who I went with. So he had a 27 career war, drafted in the third round of the 1999 draft. He was a four-time slugger and a two-time silver slugger champ and a home run derby champ. Um, He won the MVP in 2006 and batting title in 2014. And he was a career 302 hitter in the playoffs. But I always remember in some, in like the video games, I think it was MVP baseball. I forget it was one of them, but his batting stance always like I always wanted to pick him because I would always just mash with Morneau. 
So I wanted to pick him and a couple just quick facts I found about him. So he wore, th- he wore 33 in honor of Patrick Roy because that was like his idol. And apparently in the two- NHL 2K8, because he's such a big hockey fan, he appears as a goaltender in that game. If you go to goaltenders in NHL 2K8, he's listed as a goaltender, like as an option of a player. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> wild. But yeah, so that's my guy and not a Hall of Famer by any means, but he had a he had some bad injuries, concussions, which cut his career short, but just a, a solid career and a solid uh, solid player. Yeah, so this was a, another tough one for me. Obviously, there was a glaring homer pick that was hard to ignore, and I'm talking about Ryan Howard. Let's go, uh, Chase. Ryan. I'm so glad you took him. Oh, actually, I was about to say, I didn't pick Ryan Howard. Oh, Chase, what? <laughs> I know, it was a tough one, but um, the thing that sold me was this guy who came back two days ago, or a day ago at this point, also a fellow Canadian, Joey Votto. Oh, I like that pick. I'm not picking Ryan Howard because I didn't like him. Obviously, he's a great player. Hit a bunch of home runs. Shot his defense sometimes catching a fly ball, but that's beside the point. He hit a lot of home runs and was an MVP and, uh, you know, rookie of the year and everything. Um, The reason I'm picking Joey Votto, though, is just the longevity of his career. Like, he's been playing forever at this point. 15 years of service time. Um, Just came back from a long injury. Really didn't play a lot last year, but... Career 64 war, um, 2,000 hits, 343 home runs, and a career batting average of 297. And the only thing that's really missing from his career was just extended playoff time. Um, he's only made the playoffs four times, and each time they lost. Um, the Cincinnati Reds obviously spent his entire career there, but so his postseason numbers are kind of trash and not really great at all. But I mean, he's a former MVP, a six time All Star, and a Gold Glover, and uh, just uh, he's a weird guy and that's why I have respect about him. Like he's just a guy who, you know, he can get a good sound clip from, or he'll just let him stand in that box for an entire nap at like even before the rules now and just crank a home run because of that. Like, so just one of those guys in Cincinnati that's well away, but had a long career. Yeah. I think Vado's a hall of famer. I know right now some people think he's borderline, but I think he's a hall of famer. And yeah. He's one of those guys that everyone, everyone loves. He's got like a really good personality off the field. He's going to, I mean, he could easily do broadcasting or something, whatever, if he mm-hmm. wants to, when he's done, but he's an icon in Cincinnati. And yeah, just that, that's really a good pick. I'm definitely voting for one of your guys' picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vado. I feel like the thing that just, whenever I think of Joey Vado, I just think of seeing him in the batter box and just never seeing him strike out. I don't know his numbers and if he strikes out a lot or not, but I just feel like he would always – he would choke up, do whatever he has to do, go oppo, put the ball in play. And, yeah, he's like a Class A MLB guy. Yeah. One, of those, one of the classic guys in the MLB that you wish you saw in the postseason more. On base king. Yeah. that's Yeah, yeah he's, he was a lot of fun. And, I mean, he's he's back now, like you said. I don't know when he'll mm-hmm. retire, but – I hope makes in the Hall of Fame. I feel like he had a solid career. Yeah, yeah he uh, he has his contract runs through this year, and he has a team option for next year. So I think I mean, hopefully he has another year or two. But he 
he had a rough couple last years because his average, mm-hmm. like it right now, I think it's did you is like two ninety something. Yeah, like two ninety seven. Okay, yeah. His average, but it was definitely like a decent amount over three hundred before like twenty eighteen. Because he he had some monster like he was like dang he was so good. So in seventeen years, he's batted over three hundred nine times. Dang. So how many how many times right was oh, on base like? either like league leading or like yeah i don't know on base he had 424 416 474 and a 435 on a four-year stretch oh my then God. took two years off then 434 454 and 417 okay so he was he definitely had to be leading the league and on base like a couple of those years oh, the 474 and the 454 i'm pretty sure and he, at two of those years he had an ops of over one over that like 1.04 024 and 1.032. Dang. So solid. And uh, yeah, like you were saying, he he's had some down years batting average wise. He he hit 205 in 2022 and 226 in 2020. Um sandwiched out with a 266. But yeah, he did drop off a skosh there. Yeah, I, I still think he's a Hall of Famer. He's just that's a that's a really good pick. I like those two. I like those two. Yeah, he's just he's one of those guys that, like I was thinking about of like our like this last crop of generation. I'm like he's just a solid guy. That, like I feel like a lot of people kind of like sleep on a little bit. Yeah, no, he is. I think it's because of those down last couple of years, but his whole body of work is really good. Yeah, like it's almost eye popping when you like sit there and walks too. I mean, 110, yeah. 135, 143, 134, like. Yeah, and that's one of the things that's cool about doing this for us is we get to do some of these. Like, I wouldn't have done a deep dive into like someone like Justin Morneau, or like you guys might not have done those deep dives into some of those guys, or even looked up like the other ones you did. So that's kind of mm-hmm. one of the things that's fun about this for us too. I do have a guy who was a sneaky third in there. It well, was who Paul was it? Canerco. Oh, I was looking at him. He was probably like tenth for me. Yeah, he <laughs> he has a ton of home runs, but like his peripheral numbers are like mm. not as strong. He's got four hundred thirty nine home runs. Yeah, I, that's that's a lot. That's he's solid. He's like second to Delgado as far as like home runs of not in the Hall of Fame or something. Oh yeah, I think so. Which Delgado was a sneaky one too, but I didn't pick him. <laughs> yeah, because we, we've been like every time we've like yeah. brought him up, like he's just a a stats guy that like he had some good to play the too. Yeah, just having to play at a time where other people were just putting up even more ridiculous numbers. Well, and this next one, so first base, final three: Ryan with Miguel Cabrera, Chase with Joey Votto, and myself with Justin Morneau. Two Canadians, so. eh? Yeah, so don't forget to vote on those three guys. And then the next three are relievers. And this one is tough because there's not, as far as like Hall of Fame and stuff, there's not a lot of just relievers in the Hall of Fame. I just had trouble just like searching for non-closing relievers. It wasn't easy. Yeah. Just trying to find like some solid players that weren't known as closers. So I could have picked like some random dude, but I was trying to find someone who had – yeah, stats. like someone like Jose Valverde, who we talked about the other week. Like he had some years as a reliever, but like he's known for being a closer. Like his closing years where he was so good. So it's hard. We're trying not trying not to pick players like that per se, I guess. But so I'll I'll start this one off. So this is a interesting one. And again, like you guys, I 
Why did who chose middle reliever as a as a first of all? I love it. I was it was so hard. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. So yeah, it was not easy, but I went with Chad Bradford. Billy, this is Chad Bradford. He's a relief pitcher. He's one of the most undervalued players in baseball. His defect is that he throws funny. Nobody in the big leagues cares about him because he looks funny. This guy could be not just the best pitcher in our bullpen, but one of the most effective relief pitchers in all baseball. Ryan's looking at me like he doesn't know who that is. <laughs> so, Chase, you know who Chad Bradford is? No, okay. Absolutely, so, maybe. So, okay, so 10 career war. Okay. Never had more than two saves in a season, and he had 11 in his career. All right. His fastball peak was 85 miles an hour which he hit oh my god <laughs> wow so he was in the big leagues from 1998 to 2009 he had a 12-year career and he was drafted in the 13th round in 1996 and he pitched for the white Sox, the a's the red Sox, the mets orioles and the rays okay he, he was a specialty pitcher so he was a guy who would come in for basically right-handed pitchers right-handed hitters so he didn't he had a lot of appearances but not like he come in for like an out or two outs. Yeah, but he would. Out. Yeah, but so just not a ton of innings throughout the year. Um, but the reason I picked him is because he is basically the last pitcher that I can think of, or in the major league, to throw a full blown submarine windup. Oh, okay. I think I know who you're talking and about. I now. miss yeah. pitchers throwing submarine, like in the like he threw like his he got hand, down he there. got down there. And I really miss. So if you if you want to look up a couple of clips just of his windup, it's it's ridiculous. And I miss seeing some. There are a couple guys in the league now that have kind of like weird sidearm, but like this, like he was full blown submarine. Oh yeah, he got. I remember yeah. him. Speaking of submarine, hopefully by the time this airs, the Titanic thing is situated. But anyway, <laughs> maybe too soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's AFR for you. Okay. <laughs> but so that's the reason I picked him is because I really miss seeing pictures like that. And it was unique, and he was good. He had a he finished a twelve year career with a three point two six ERA. He in the postseason had twenty three point one innings between his teams, and had a zero point three nine ERA in all of his po- total postseason appearances, only giving up one run in those twenty three innings. Does he have a ring? He does not have a ring. He was with that Rays team who lost to the Phillies. Oh, I'm okay with oh, that. Okay with oof. that. Um, That's why I probably remember who he is now. Okay, yeah, but just... he was also part of the Moneyball A's team too. Oh, what the heck? Okay. So right now he's currently the Hens Community College assistant coach. <laughs> nice. But no, so I the reason the main reason I picked him is because he was one of the better pitchers who pitched that style, and I miss seeing that. And so that's my pick, Chad Bradford. All right. All right, I'll go next. Yeah, this was hard. This was hard for me. And I was reading a couple articles. I mean, more so it specialty pitchers maybe they were just on a team with a good closer but i stumbled my way across a guy that i forgot he was this good of a reliever uh you might have you might have heard his voice once or twice if you live around the philly area but i went with philly's relief pitcher larry anderson as my <laughs> pick. reed bounces to crop dives makes the stop Bad throw, but Anderson gets the bag. Second out of the inning. Heck of a play by Cruck and Anderson. Yeah. 
He's not just known for being on the Phillies. Obviously, he team jumped a bunch, but he's actually the only player to play on the 1983 and the 1993 um, Phillies World Series team. Darren Dalton was called up in 83, but he didn't play. He wasn't on that roster that went to the World Series. So that was a pretty cool stat from him and obviously spent time on other teams. And career 3.15 ERA and a 1.25 whip in 699 games. He had 49 saves, obviously wasn't known as a closer, but he was just consistent and solid. And obviously he teamed up a couple of times, played the free agency game with money back then to get like 5 million here and there, a lot different. But I love him. And he's honestly one of the characters, I think MLB Network a few years ago to the top 25 characters of all time. And he was like number 12. And one of my favorite stories I read about him was that uh, while he was on the Mariners one time, him and two of his teammates, well, they were um, traveling on an away game. They were in a hotel, and they moved all of the, their manager's furnitures into the hotel suite bathroom, filled both of his toilets with jello, and removed the mouth, mouthpiece from the phone. Oh and I just feel like that's like Larry Anderson. I mean, he feel like he says borderline controversial things sometimes just because just he is who he is, but... I stumbled upon him, uh, upon him, and I was like, he was a lot better than I thought he was as a relief pitcher. 3.15 ERA and 700 appearances is pretty solid, so it's my pick. That's a really solid pick. Yeah, so I'm also going to go with a former Phillies reliever, and it's not other than a man who helped the Phillies lift the championship in 2008. A guy who would hold down the eighth inning most of the most of the games that season, and it's Ryan Madsen. Now we see former closer for Philadelphia, Ryan Madsen. In his clubhouse, the character. A strikeout for out number one. And Russell Martin still hitless in this LCS. Oh, I love not, it. Not Let's go. Really probably pick, but uh, a guy who for a stretch there was a really solid just lockdown inning guy um, back when it would matter the most. And... Uh, Really would bridge the gap between the Philly starters and Brad Lidge that year. Obviously, Brad Lidge had an unbelievable statistical year that uh, when they won the World Series. But he has a career low of 13 and a half, 61 wins, 48 losses, and a career ERA of 3.48. So a little chunky on that end. But 740 games in his career. He started 18 of them, and he has 91 career saves. So he was, a, I think, later in his career, especially when he went to the athletics. I think he was... Uh, in the mix and got some saves and even with the Phillies after Lidge uh, fell off and kept leaving the lights on they uh, went to Madsen and he got some closing opportunities there but almost uh, 900 innings pitch 775 strikeouts and a whip of 1.24 so that's my guy who I'm locking it down after Mark Burley comes out of the game the ball's going right into Ryan Madsen's hands and he's going to lock it down for me yo I love that pick Came from the Reading Phillies. I think we saw him play when he was there. He was super tall and lanky and just knee up, throwing as hard as he can down to the plate. And he was such a successful middle of reliever for those mid-2000s teams and obviously helped contribute that World Series. And he probably gets forgotten about a little bit because of the starters and Brad Lidge. But he was so solid for us. And Ben pulling out the nice Ryan Matson signed picture. I love it, Ben. Um, but I like that pick a lot, man. That's that's cool. Yeah, he's uh, underrated, definitely. Are there more lockdown relievers? For sure. Not going to debate that. But just from memory and 
being a young Phillies fan, impressionable, and seeing their bullpen go to work. Uh, Ryan Madsen is definitely a guy who really stuck out and came up clutch in big moments to get big outs and come in and clean it up sometimes. Yeah, and so just to reiterate, Chase with Ryan Madsen, Ryan with Larry Anderson, and then myself with Chad Bradford. And if anyone wants to go look up just relievers, it is not easy to no. – look up relievers who are not closers or not predominantly closers. Cause if you look up the best relievers, it's generally going to give you like Mariano Rivera. Yeah. I did look for like leaders and holds, but it was kind of hard to track that down a little bit. It was. I tried, I actually tried to look that up and I realized when like holds didn't even come into play until like halfway through Larry Anderson's career. Yeah. I like couldn't even like find after it did come into play. I couldn't even find like his hold. Yeah, I I honestly still I, I researched it and I'm not even sure who actually has the most career holds. I almost went with Latroy Hawkins. Okay. Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. I almost and went he, with uh, he reminds me of like Arthur Rhodes. <laughs> Yo, I was thinking They're about Arthur the same, Rhodes. Uh, same vein. Yeah. Dontre Willis would have been as there was he some didn't guys his entire career, right? Yeah, no, and he started too, which is why it's like I don't know. It's it was hard to draw, to draw the line. But I decided at some point, you know, and I, I wonder if there was any like really good submarine relievers, and then all of a sudden that narrowed it down real quick. Yeah, <laughs> but hope you guys enjoyed. And like Ryan said, do not forget to vote on Instagram. We're gonna have these up um, probably Sunday or Monday, something like that, to to get those polls in and to see who the all time all-time guys for AFR are and we're gonna we're gonna do something with these these lineups at some point so or we'll just put them all into the UFC game and make them battle oh we could do that do like the WWE uh oh, Royal oh, Rumble yeah <laughs> we'll just make a big tournament tree one through uh however many players we have oh. and just battle them out we could do like the sim on uh, the old uh, Smash Bros where oh, I used yeah. to do the sim oh, or yeah. I used to do the sim yeah <laughs> see who would make it out well, and as we come to the end of our podcast, you know, we touched on NBA and MLB. So just the just the two topics tonight. But, you know, we had some great conversation in both those. And um, I think it was a good one. Um, but before we go, you know, hopefully everyone on the uh, the ship to the Titanic's OK by the time we air this. And hope you guys enjoyed episode 20, already 20 episodes in. We're consistently putting this out. And please just give us a follow on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and yeah give us a follow on socials we're going to be more interactive with you guys and just try to put more out to everyone and you know just don't don't hesitate to dm us ask us questions we're down to talk about random stuff stuff on here so ryan chase ben coming at you with the next one episode 21 will be next week see ya peace